0: No
1: helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I've never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a (laughs) s. How'd you play out there today? Well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag, and I love the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash what is going on everyone beltway golfer podcast episode 53 host alex dixon here trying to put these podcasts out rapid fire for kpmg women's pga championship week this is the third podcast in three days the fourth podcast related to this championship this is this was this is one I've been trying to get for a while and I was really excited that he was uh, up for joining and he's really cool. Andrew Green, golf course architect, one of the hottest golf course architects on the planet right now. He joined joined the podcast from the job site down in Miami, Florida, Indian Creek Country Club, which is a which is a ridiculous pro- property. But Andrew Green renovated Congressional, renovated Eisenhower, renovated Naval Academy, all here locally. We talk about a future project uh, in the podcast that uh, he's been hired to do as well here in the DC area. But you know, he's been hired and has done some of the the highest profile uh, restorations and renovations of you know top hundred clubs around the country. And over the last five years, his profile has just. You know, started to skyrocket. So really cool to have Andrew Green. On the podcast to have him join, talk about his process in transforming congressional, talk about his career a little bit, talk about Eisenhower, talk about Naval Academy, and uh, I think he's coming up for the tournament in in a, in a couple of days. So super cool. If you're uh, if you consume the Bellway Golfer Podcast on video, he was literally sitting in his and I think he was holding the cell phone up to get some video, and there were some bandwidth issues. So I just told him to turn off the video after after a few minutes, and I'm so I'm, I might get a video up here on. On YouTube, you know, running some video of, of the three courses over the audio, but I uh, wasn't too worried about it. But, uh, you know, if, if you haven't been out to congressional yet, the, the this is a great week to do so. I'm pumped. I think this is, this is the blast podcast I will do this week. The next few days I'm going to be focused on, um, watching the event and, and taking some pictures and video and, and I'll just kind of play it by ear, but I'm, I'm super pumped. I'm going to go out there, I think every day and, uh, and just watch these, uh, watch how these ladies do uh, on the new blue. And so it's super exciting. But let's get to the podcast. Uh, and real quick, uh, two sponsors to talk about of the Beltway Golfer Podcast. First is Forecraft Cocktails. F-O-R-E, Craft Cocktails. Follow them on social media. Go to forecraftcocktails.com. They've got a location finder right there on the website. It is a transfusion in a can premium vodka, lime juice, ginger ale, and grape juice. My beer fridge is stocked full of them right now. Love the drink. And they're coming out with two new flavors, Bloody Mary and 4T. Haven't tried them yet, but I'm excited to try them. They're going to be at 7% ABV. Uh, they should be hitting stores, total wine and beverage all throughout Northern Virginia, as well as green grass facilities. Again, go check them out at forecraftcocktails.com to see the location finder and where you can pick them up. It's a great drink. And by supporting forecraft cocktails, you are supporting this podcast. Also, Golden Horseshoe Golf Club down in Colonial Williamsburg 45 holes of houseless, walkable golf. The Gold Course, which is top 50 public course that you can play in the United States by Golf Digest was renovated in 2017 incredible set of par 3s beautiful course they've got the green course which is also also a stout test played it a couple times uh really enjoy the green course and then they've got the Spotswood 9 which is a great warm up or wind down uh while you're down there they've got stay and play options five different types of lodging depending on your budget and and your and your and your crew or your group walkable to colonial williamsburg walkable to Colonial Williamsburg, Bush Gardens right up the street, right down I-95, head east on I-64. Go check it out. If you haven't been in a while, Golden Horseshoe Golf Club. You can find them right on the Colonial Williamsburg website or follow them at Golden Horseshoe Golf Club. That's it. Let's get to the conversation with Andrew Green, golf course architect, who is responsible for the transformation of Congressional's Blue Course. Enjoy. All right, Mr. Andrew Green, how are you? Thanks for uh, joining the Belway Golf Podcast. Doing well, Alex. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. We were just chatting before we we, we started recording here. Once again, let me double check yeah, I am recording. I've made that mistake before in the past. I'm actually on site here at Congressional uh, up near the, uh, tennis clubhouse. I, unfortunately my, I didn't get, I didn't get the cool background, but I'm overlooking, uh, number one and the driving range on a a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It's the longest day of the year, June 21st. And, and you are, why don't you tell the listeners where you are?
0: Yeah, I'm uh, sitting at the third tee at Indian Creek in Miami, Florida. And I would uh, turn. I'd turn the camera around and show everybody uh, what it looks like. But it's uh, it's a little disheveled at the moment. But we're making progress.
1: Very cool. And th- so thanks for taking some time while you're while you're in the middle of the job. We're gonna we're gonna focus mostly obviously on on congressional and a couple of the other courses here in the in the Mid Atlantic and DC area that you worked on Eisenhower Naval Academy. But Indian Creek is an interesting one. I mean, Indian Creek, you know, kind of an ultra exclusive. Uh, Just the, the island of of Indian Creek is there's just a lot of backstory and some of the folks that, that live on that island. There's a, for folks listening, Google the last two couples that bought houses on, on Indian Creek. They're two of the most famous couples on the planet.
0: (laughs) TB12's house is uh, right there behind me.
1: right. But from what I understand, part of the project at Indian Creek is, is, is literally raising a good portion of the golf course. Did I, do I understand that right?
0: Yeah, so the the membership decided that it was uh, the responsible thing for them to do to upgrade the drainage system for the entire course. Most of the drainage system that was in place was actually the original drainage system from 1929, 1930, when the golf course and the island was actually manufactured from dredgings from Biscayne Bay. And as part of that, we wanted to make sure that we were holding the water, treating it before it discharged into Biscayne Bay. So we had to dig two ponds and we put those in places that really didn't impact the quality of golf. They were more ancillary and kind of aesthetic off to the edge. Not, you know, I wasn't going to take a classic William Flynn course with no water and, and stick a pond right in front of the green. No way. Uh, but as part of that, we generated a lot of dirt to dig the ponds. To make the drainage work, so then we elevated a few fairways that were low and susceptible to uh, rising tides.
1: And so uh, we're going to bring it back to congressional. But so by doing that, by 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 getting all that dirt out of these ponds to to create that drainage, are you able to uh, restore some land and movement that maybe was there before that was lost over time?
0: Yeah. I'm- it's, it's been a weird exercise of trying to make sure we're protecting as much of the historic contour as possible. William Flynn designed this course completely from scratch, so every contour out on the property was in some way inspired or developed or conceptualized by Flynn, so I've been really hesitant to make too many adjustments, but the reality is we needed to get positive surface drainage. The golf course uh, was lacking severely in moving water. So it was kind of a combination. I don't know if we really restored too many uh, landforms that were lost to time. It's probably more uh, making it work, making it functional.
1: Interesting, because before we get to congressional, I mean, the, the challenges that that Indian Creek has being essentially an island in the middle of a body of water and, you know, water rising and, you know, how do you keep that water off the golf course? Uh, sounds like a similar story happening in a municipal golf course here in Washington, D.C. That's got a lot of press. East Potomac Park, which is essentially the same same issue.
0: Similar. Yes, very much so. So and it's always this interesting engineering challenge with any project of making sure that uh, we aren't pushing water beyond uh, our uh, property. Right. That that raising our our piece creates a problem downstream it's always a challenge with any course that sits in a floodplain or in some sort of low area so there you're always balancing cuts and fills to make it work
1: so uh congressional country club so so i'm out here um the kpmg women's pga championship is getting started in two days we're recording this on a tuesday starts on thursday um you completed the transformation. I've done a couple podcasts with with Jason Epstein and Pete went. know uh, transformation is the official terminology um, you you completed that project when.
0: So we completed in uh, I guess the spring of 2021 and open for play summer of 2021. Most of the work was done in fall of 20, I guess. And then we had a little punch work that, that led into the spring and then open for play last summer. And so this is its uh, second, the start of its second full season, which the golf course is really maturing nicely and it'll continue to mature and improve over time. But uh, Pete Went and his team have just done an amazing job uh, of polishing the golf course. And uh, it's, it's a lot of work
1: starting from scratch. Again, <laughs> um, you know, this this was this was, uh, I imagine, kind of a, a unique. I mean, every project I, I, I would have to imagine is extremely unique, and, and and no two are similar. But just the situation here that um, Congressional Country Club had already signed this kind of long term deal with PG of America to host these championships. This being the first one, which is super exciting. Um, but you're you're building the course for for the membership. How how is, is is that a balance right out of the gate? You know, you cuz you got hired and and that deal was already in place and try to, you know, the 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 membership wants versus, you know, the the needs of a championship.
0: Sure. So, you know, fortunately I've had some experience working on a number of of major championship sites before the congressional opportunity came about. So, I'd already work through a, a number of different kind of mindsets of how to tackle this idea of challenging the best player and making it fun for the membership. But congressional was a bit unique in that they have two proper, two courses, right? And, and the gold course definitely seems a little more, I don't know if member friendly is the right word, but more of the maybe everyday experience. And we were really trying to make the blue as special as it could be and really rise to the level of uh, what Congressional means to me and to the members and to the golf world. And I think from an architectural perspective, I really studied all the old guys. I I didn't work for uh, a modern architect at all, you know, none, not even an internship. So really everything that I've learned uh, that have gotten me to this point has been from reading the old guys and studying their drawings and studying their courses And it struck me that almost every golden age architect made some sort of comment that the ideal course balances the challenge for the best players and the enjoyment for the everyday player. Ross said that beautifully. George Thomas, um, Harry colt I mean, a a lot of people talked about that. So that was something that we talked about at Congressional, thinking about the blue course. How can we make it? Uh, exciting and challenging for a major championship and a lot of fun for the members. And what you're, what you're, what you see you (laughs) being out there and what people will hopefully will see on TV is that we kind of took the mindset that we're going to provide a lot of width off the tee. We're not going to make it where just beat you over the head to to even find your golf ball to play your next shot, but we're going to ask you to pick the right side of the fairway to play to and from, and there's places where you can be in the fairway and not be very happy that you're in that position. Um, and so that started to balance this idea of, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to be successful, use your game to be successful. But then we're going to set up challenges around the green complexes and with hazards in different locations and then topography to make you think about where you're playing to, where you're playing from, and how to... Uh, you know, I guess be beyond successful to really challenge the course, you have to get a lot of quality golf shots. And then the last thing we talked about was just a tremendous amount of variety. And so that you're going to explore your entire game playing the blue course. And that's one of the things I'm super excited about with the ladies is to see how they take their game and figure out how to get around in the best way possible. And, you know, the ladies are so smart. In my opinion, they play their course management is better than a lot of the guys. And so I just I can't wait to see how they attack it.
1: There's a couple couple things you said there, but but one, let's let's just back up a bit. so because because you know you mentioned why congressional is important to you. so let's let's rewind a little bit. you know I've listened I've, I've read some interviews, I've listened to podcasts, but but the folks that, that don't know, uh, give us, give us your history. You know, growing up and getting into the industry, and and how, why congressional is important to you.
0: Yeah, so I grew up outside of Roanoke, Virginia, and congressional was by far the major championship venue of my childhood. And as I, you know, grew to love the game, you know the, I guess the Kemper Open and obviously the major championships and. You know, Ken Venturi was, you know, my golfing grandfather, right, uh, on CBS, right? He, he, and, you know, they, they would always talk about, you know, his historic win at Congressional. And so it just held this such a high esteem. And uh, my brother ended up becoming a second assistant on the, the ground staff in time for the 95 Senior Open. And I was invited to come up and rake bunkers. I'd been doing golf course maintenance for a few years and so came up and raked bunkers for the senior open in 95 and then came back in 97 and actually walk mode fairways. If you remember, that was kind of a a big to do with the 97 open is that the fairways were walk mode with, you know, walk behind mowers. So I actually did that uh, every day, uh, the week of that 97 open and was fortunate enough to be in the left-hand rough when uh, Tom Lehman hit his ball in the water on uh, 17 there. And then, you know, obviously with Ernie winning. And so it. it
1: can, can, sorry, can it you huge, can you refresh me? Like I, 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 that rings a bell to me, but I, I'm sure myself and some listeners, what was the to-do about walk fairways? Just that, that that congressional was going that distance of precision or what, why was that a to-do?
0: Sure. Yeah. I think it it was, you know, this ultimate, uh, I think, to people that didn't understand, it was an ultimate uh, testament to precision and high-quality turf. Uh, to those that understood one of the reasons why it was so important or why it was practiced was, number one, there was the the horsepower, the manpower to accomplish it. The other was that the rough was very thick but tender, and the riding mowers were causing issues with the rough being pressed down. And so the walking mowers added an element of uh, you know it, it made the rough better too. So it was this big combination. I, I, I'm not sure we'll ever see it again, but it was kind of a badge of honor to be a part of, but maybe one of the <laughs> sillier things i've I've done in my career. Uh,
1: as you're talking about that, if there's any background noise, I'm seeing uh, the, the congressional team walk least below the driving range. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's, so
0: I'll be there Thursday evening. I, I'm, one of the big things I want to accomplish this week is, is go meet the, the volunteers and the ground staff and just make sure that I understand how much I appreciate them and how important it is as a volunteer, the relationships you build, and by sacrificing to be a part and get up early and, and do all the things to be a part of a major championship, uh, you build relationships that last a lifetime.
1: So, you know, so that that's awesome. You're going to be up here on Thursday. So let me ask you this: so this is the first championship of eight that are going to be here at Congressional uh, on the new blue that uh, that you that you've redesigned. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like for for this first championship, like what do you, what are you excited about, or, or like what what are you keeping an eye out for? What what are you what are you what, do you, what, do you, what do you what are you looking to see out here um, that's going to either make you smile or make you go hmm?
0: Yeah, I hope that we see significant swings on each golf hole where there are good scores made and there's also some trouble found. I think the golf course sets up for that, that if you are in good positions, you can score. But if you get out of position, you can be challenged. And I can't wait to see the kinds of shots that the ladies play in and around the greens, um, you know, all the way through the golf course, but in and around the greens especially and then watch their decision-making. I tried to provide multiple options on every golf hole of ways to, to tackle it and, and be successful. So th- those are the things I'm really looking forward to. And then I'm not sure yet exactly how long the golf course will be set up by the PGA of America. And Kerry Haig does an am- amazing job setting up a golf course for a championship. So I can't wait to see what he does and uh, the variety that we see out there.
1: Are there um... I, I actually just got to play the renovated course for the first time during media day, uh, and have walked around a few times, got got a got a tour of it. Um, the, the course is fantastic. It's 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 such a massive change from what it was before. Certainly visually, um, just the sight lines and everything, but also just the way the land moves from hole to hole um, is, is is really pretty amazing. Um, there's a there's a few holes I want to talk about kind of it specifically um, one, you know, 10 is probably the the, the most obvious change. It's, it's, it's that part three right next to the clubhouse. And it's a significant change from going over the water to being a peninsula green now. Uh, but 11 ended. Uh, so both 11 moving the green to the other side of the stream or creek and then the fairway that's essentially connected almost like, I don't know what, how you refer to it, but connected to 12, almost like in a big horseshoe. Um, What was the, this is almost a question to you about your, your, your process. Cause I have a similar question about coming up with number 10, but like, what is your process to come up with that to even make the decision to move 11 green and then to decide, Hey, this is a perfect spot to have this massive connected fairway.
0: Yeah. I think there were a number of reasons, Part of it was trying to make sure that 12 was the best golf hole it could be and and have a really nice dog leg and kind of a hog's back fairway that worked with kind of the natural condition. And at least what I anticipated was the the natural grade before a lot of of bulldozers got on it uh, over the decades. And to get that hole to turn right to left, it was really nice to be able to get 11 green out of kind of the, the line of fire. So shifting the green over to the right side uh, provided more opportunity on 12. If you remember uh, from the previous version of the golf course, that green and, and the 12 tee shot, especially the back tee was pretty, they were pretty close together. And I just love the opportunity that it gives you to play as boldly as you'd like to play left or right. And depending on where the whole location is day-to-day and the wind direction and a number of different things, you might choose one or the other. It'll be interesting to see how many ladies play one way or the other, or if they feel like there's only one way to play that golf hole. Uh, but one of the things we, we focused on there was to try to get the ball below the player's feet as a right-handed player off the tee, uh, bring the creek into play, but, but leave your room. If you play up more away from the water and the hazard, um, the ball's more below your feet. So then you're faced with that challenge. And then again, depending on where the whole location is, uh, you might choose to go up the left side or right side on your next shot. And then that green is sneaky with its slope. There's a lot of tilt in that green, maybe as much as any of them out there. So it also plays into that idea of, of right or left. And then the final thing I'd say on 11 is we realized that for the PGA championship um, with the men that it'll play as a par four more than likely. So I had to leave an element of, of making it a good four and also a thoughtful five.
1: How much of, um, you know, your process and, and coming up with the different features and in some cases, like totally, you know, totally transformed holes. Um, the, the the process for congressional is also unique because and I talked about this, or brought up briefly in the in the Jason Epstein podcast. But th- there was a change in architects um, after kind of the process had begun. So it, be, it became kind of a a quick but also very competitive process when they selected you to to go forward and really do the the transfer transformation. I guess in 2018 or so. Um, but my question for you is, you know, when you present to the board here, congressional, like how much of that, like is already, is part of the presentation. Like, hey, did you say, this is what I'm gonna do to 10, this is what 11, 12 gonna look like, this is what 15 is gonna look like? Or is it more just a broader vision that, that leaves out some specifics and you learn that as you really get into the dirt?
0: Well, in the interview process, I focused on big ideas for each golf hole and provided some concepts. Um, the 10th hole, the, the new par three, I saw that green sitting on that peninsula the minute I walked off the ninth green in my kind of walk through the golf course as part of the interview process. I just, it was sitting there. It seemed to make a tremendous amount of sense. It gave us an opportunity to play downhill. It gave us a great short par three that I, I really felt was important to, to a great golf experience. And, um, and then there's, you know, I showed a picture of Sam Snead hitting a shot from Shell's wonderful world of golf on the 11th hole with the ball way below his feet. And I just said, you know, I really think we need to go back to more of this and, and get the ball moving and get the golfer. I don't know if uncomfortable is the right word, but at least make them think about their stance and swing and lie and, and where they wanted to play.
1: One of the things that i found fascinating, just, you know, listening to you and a couple other interviews uh, and just kind of your, your history um is for a long time. I understand it's not the case anymore. But you're you're essentially a, a one man band. You're 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 by yourself uh, as the, the you know as the architect in, in business for yourself. And despite that, uh, really grew your name in the golf course golf course architecture business and and landed some of the most prestigious jobs in the country. Um, was was being essentially. Solo? Did, did, did was that a was that a benefit in some of these situations, or did that play a factor?
0: Um, solo, or just you know being on my own? You mean?
1: You're right. Yeah. Um, like, does that give you does that give you I, I, the, the yeah, agility I, I, or I, I, flexibility to to do things that a larger team maybe maybe wouldn't be able to do or offer?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if. I mean, I, I, I certainly would project that I wanted, and I obviously still do, I've, I've got a team of, of, of two other guys, and, and my, my wife helps me a great deal. So we've got a great team, but I still want to be personally engaged and drawing every project that I'm involved in. And, you know, I do my own CAD work. Um, I draw and, and sketch you know, things personally, because it just means so much to me. I mean, it's to have the dream of being a golf course architect as a, a young, young guy, you know, junior in high school, this is what I wanted to do. I just embrace it so much. And uh, I have so much fun doing it. I guess I don't want to give up uh, any of the fun, fun stuff. uh, You know, but you know, as far as growing my name, I just think I showed my clients how much I cared and how much I was going to work to make sure that the product turned out as great as it could be and uh, that that no one was going to outwork me. Uh, I I work all the time. My, my family certainly sacrifices a lot in, in the volume of work that I, I take on and, and accomplish. Um, but it is critical for me to be, you know, personally involved like they're congressional on property and and running the bulldozer at times shaping in some of the green complexes and and making sure that we're getting all the details right and so that that's a huge focus and um i I don't know i guess you'd have to ask the clients how much that really mattered in selecting me on on different things but uh, even in the interview process i would say that i I tried to show my passion and, and work ethic.
1: Is it I, I, another just general question? You know, I'm, I just think of my own self and, and you know, sometimes uh, have a challenge committing to a decision or, or you know, or, or something that I've decided is, is the right move. And maybe I second guess myself uh, in, in golf course architecture, especially in design. I mean, I mean, again, we'll stay with congressional. I mean, congressional is, it's got all of this, all of this history. It's got a membership of, you know, over 3000 members. It's got, uh, you know, all of these tournaments that are already in championships from PGA America that are in place for the next 15 years, including a Ryder cup. Um, you know, when you're, when you're drawing out, you know, where, uh, uh, how the bunker and green are going to flow and exactly sit on number one, like, you know, how, how do you commit to it? <laughs> it's just, you know, second guessing because there's yeah. so many different ways you could go.
0: I would say that my training and the time I spent with McDonald and Sons and working for Chip McDonald as a a design build architect gave me a a lot of experience in making decisions. I never really was in a position where I felt like I was waiting on someone's approval. It was really just working to find the best solution for, for each client and then making it happen. And I'd say that's probably one of the greatest benefits of of the way I came to to where I am is not second-guessing myself. Now, I would certainly be lying if I didn't say that I hadn't woken up in a cold sweat at night, worried about uh, line or or something that I just committed to. But I think there's a level of of commitment and, I guess, confidence of, of doing this for going on, I guess, 22 years now that even though as a young guy, I I don't stress over uh, the decisions I I make. I I think about them a great deal. I spend a lot of time trying to find the right answer to my best, my ability in the planning process. And, you know, maybe I'll draw a golf hole three or four times in the planning process before I even show it to someone. And, you know, that I try to be as happy as I can be with each step each design decision. And then as I work through it with the committee or the team, you know, whatever group that I'm working with, I always feel like every iteration, every question that's asked makes the plan better. And then in the field in the dirt, I really try to build what I plan as much as possible. So what I draw is not a bubble diagram. It's not a concept. It's I try to make it as real as possible so that when I get out in the field, it's smaller tweaks, smaller adjustments, uh, to get it the way I want it to be. And then not to sound egotistical or full of myself, but uh, it's, I feel like I can see the final product a lot of times when I'm looking at, at a course or a piece of property. And like I said, uh, I've sketched out number 10 when I walked off the back of Nine Green at Congressional. And it I don't know whether it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain it, but uh, yeah. And so I, I don't. It's a great question, but I don't stress over that stuff like. Well, think
1: I I'm sure it's a, it's a trait that's required, but I'm, I'm also sure it's something that that comes from a tremendous amount of experience. And you, and you touched on it twice already, and that's your your time at uh, McDonald and Sons, uh, who's who's also relatively local. I think they're they're up near BWI, like Jessup, Maryland. Um, but they do. They're they're essentially a golf course builder, right? So sometimes they they do design work, renovation work, but also sometimes they're contracted by golf course architects that have already been hired. Is that right?
0: That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So um, I started there in 2000. Summer of 2000 uh, was hired in the fall of 2000 for a full time position. Finished up at Virginia Tech in 2001 and. Um, was with him until 2014 and had a great, great run with him. Just a tremendous company. Chip McDonald started the company. He was a long time, uh, I guess, superintendent and a builder of things, golf courses, uh, really helped get Columbia, Maryland, uh, on the map, uh, as far as it being, you know, a planned community. And then he just, he had a tremendous knowledge of turf, tremendous knowledge of, uh, construction, And he really would challenge me to make sure that I understood the value of what I put on a piece of paper and that each line represents something that's real. And, you know, I would tell anybody aspiring to do this, that to go play in the dirt is probably the best and maybe the only way to really understand uh, what it means to put a golf course on the ground. And I, I think, you know, there's guys like William Flynn and Dick Wilson and others that that have written about that. The ability of, of getting out in the dirt is so important.
1: Is that still unique for people getting into the golf course architecture business? I mean, typically you hear about folks that worked for another prominent name, another architect, but the fact that you came up working for a, a builder, is that still is that for 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 your peers in the industry is that pretty unique yes
0: I, i'm not sure how many i mean there there's certainly a lot of guys that have worked for construction companies in their along their way but i i'm not sure how many have ever you know created their own firm from just figuring it out you know learning from everything that you're doing um to create their own business I, I'm not sure I'd have to do more research you know from that standpoint but certainly I think it, it does give me some unique perspective um, there are a lot of guys that are are shapers or you know assistants to the modern firms that have hung out their own shingle and are doing really well and very creative guys um, but I'm not sure if anybody's really come from the street builder side.
1: There's two other projects that uh, that you did in this region that I'd love to talk about for for a couple minutes each, um, okay. and I might I might get the timeline off. Which which did you which did you start working on first, uh, Eisenhower or the Naval Academy Golf Course?
0: Yeah, so the construction of those two projects overlapped. I did okay. Um, they were they were somewhat simultaneous. The design of the Naval Academy was in the works for over 10 years. I've been working with the uh, Athletic Association who really manages the golf course and the Naval Academy Golf Association, NAGA as they're called, uh, really worked with them for over 10 years trying to build momentum and energy and really get the, the project off the ground and uh, get the planning done. And it, that project was completely privately funded it's it's not a government entity. Uh, they lease the property from the government, the U.S. Navy. So it's a self-sustaining business with a, a great private membership, a lot of wonderful people. And then uh, we really built a lot of nationwide support for the Naval Academy course. It was the last course William Flynn designed. He actually uh, designed and built it at the start onset of World War II, which is pretty interesting. And um yeah, really, really and, cool thing. And then Eisen Eisenhower was a little later in the design process, but same construction
1: window. But so Naval Academy, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that was a true like restoration of, of William Flynn's original uh, design and concept. Do I have that right?
0: Yeah, the only the only real adjustments we made were on the back nine. Two of the original holes that Flynn had put in were uh, lost. The time, uh, the space, the the land was taken away for additional Navy assets and they they retrofit the golf course I guess it was in the maybe late 70s early 80s and so in that space we reconfigured the golf holes to uh, to create you know more I've a Flynn inspired feeling so current number 12 13 and 14 are kind of you know, my take on what Flynn intended on the lost holes, plus what the ground gave us.
1: And I've I played Naval Academy and I, but I, I don't know the routing like the back of my head, 12, 13, 14, are the ones kind of on the the outer stretches of the property, right? There's a, a, a par four to big par five coming by, back. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so, it,
0: go ahead. No, I was just going to say that we made 12 along par three and then 13 became a par 5, and we took 14 from a par 5 to a par 4. And what it really did in that stretch is it created a lot of variety and different kinds of golf shots that we asked the player to execute uh, coming home. And it, previously, 12 had been kind of a modest 4, 13 was a modest 4, and 4 was a real short 5. So, you know, you're hitting a lot of similar clubs on those holes. So by switching it up, we, we really differentiated – uh, the way the course played
1: well it seems naval academy um you know it's it's maybe because it doesn't host you know big national championships and it is private but it, it so it doesn't get maybe as as much press um but you know the folks that that i know and 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 follow that have played it um unilaterally or universally rave reviews uh on the job you did there um and uh, i was lucky enough to play it play it one time since three reopened and and Absolutely loved it, um but and then Eisenhower is a, is, a, is what's interesting is the three these three jobs Congress especially here you know at, and and you've done some some really big name um uh, country clubs top one hundred country clubs around the country but the three here congressional Eisenhower Naval Academy seem to me to be three very very different projects because Eisenhower now you're working with a municipality. Um, what, what, what was when, when you either got the job or when they came to you or when like, what was, um, gosh, I might be getting this, is it, Ander, it's Anne Arundel County, right? That, that, that manages, uh, yeah, Eisenhower. That's right. yeah. but what, like, what was their goal? What were they, what were they trying to achieve?
0: Well, Eisenhower had been this great, you know, kind of fostering place for the game in Anne Arundel County for decades. And the golf course was just super tired. I mean, super tired. It just needed everything. The infrastructure was ancient. The drainage was bad. The, the environmental areas that really could be an asset were not that. So we really worked together to find a way to, to make the golf course um, not really modernized, but to, to replace the infrastructure and then make sure that we uh, updated the golf experience, and then at the same time made huge improvements to the in, environmental areas that are adjacent to the property. So it was a beautiful project with not only uh, uh, Rec and Parks there, but with also with the uh, the environmental um, agencies in the county.
1: So was it was it your so the the, the work you did there is probably most known for um, the uh, I don't know. I don't know what the the right terminology is, as far as um, replacing all the removing or replacing all the bunkers with um, hummocks. Um, so there's not there's there's no bunkers left on the course, and so that kind of concept probably got the the most press. Um, and and the the hummocks. I was not familiar with the term before I went out and played Eisenhower or read about your work there. Um, how did that decision come about? Was that something that you approached them with um, to solve, you know, an issue, whether it be uh, drainage or, or, or just, uh, you know, uh, resources and costs that go into maintaining bunkers or how did that come about?
0: Yeah. So I had some conversations with uh, Damien Cosby, who at the time was managing um, all the, the golf properties for Anne Arundel County. And, He and I talked about, you know, I basically said, hey, Damian, I got a really crazy idea. What do you think about uh, eliminating the bunkers and and going with landforms and grassing areas and things that that still make it engaging and and fun and interesting, but eliminate the sand? And we started to look at, okay, what are the costs of constructing bunkers and what are the long-term carrying costs, not only on maintaining them, but replacing the sand every, I don't know, 10 years or so and then reconstructing them. And all of a sudden, it started to make a lot of dollars and cents, cents, and then also, you know, allowed us to think about a way to rebrand the course and, and make it fun and enjoyable and increase the pace of play, and so, you know, a ton of different things that it it opened the door to. I had a real hesitant thought of, would the public, golfing public, embrace it? And I was concerned that because it was so beloved by so many people, would they be willing to open their mind to a golf course without bunkers? The idea that would a a player think, you know, it's not a golf course without bunkers kind of thing. And I just, the greatest thing that's happened to me with Eisenhower, and I can't recall the, the few folks that emailed me, but I had a number of emails the first week it was open from people that said, I grew up playing golf with my dad and my grandfather, my mom, my grandmother, you know, my family. And I just cannot be more thrilled with the way Eisenhower turned out. And for me, that was a huge win because I was quite nervous to to take such a bold step. Um, But I, I think people are enjoying it. I'd say some of the hummocks, you know maybe some of the grass has gotten a little out of control we we got to work on the height of some of the mowing of some of the hummocks but uh, i I'm, I'm really happy with the way the golf course is played
1: is that something that you have input in or or when you kind of left and and, and uh, closed the job was was you know this is the ideal length that these should be mowed any any longer and, and you and you know there's going to be a lot of lost balls and that sort of thing
0: well, I I think there was a shot that was on local television news of me in one of the hummocks trying to get my ball out, and I think there was a lot of, of fun poked at me uh, <laughs> for being in in some tall grass in one of my mounds. So I, I guess i you know took my own medicine, but uh, no, I mean we've had some conversations about it, but it's really up to the maintenance team there how they best see uh, maintaining the golf course. But I, I do think. You know, we talked a lot about trying to keep the tall grass from being uh, along the base of the slopes of some of those mounds. And and there's a balance. Right. But I, I think for the most part, golfers understand that, that they shouldn't be hitting them in, in those areas to begin with.
1: Um, so at the top of this, we, we talked about you're in Florida right now working on Indian Creek. Um, are, do you do you work on how many jobs um, typically are you working on, at any given time?
0: Yeah, I think ideally we'd like to be in like two to three uh, significant projects at a time, uh, no more than that. Right now we have, uh, I guess, about four or so. We have a couple smaller things and then a, p- a few larger jobs. Part of it was because the supply chain issue has pushed some of the schedules around. Um, it, it's been quite a challenge in, in the golfing world uh, to get materials and things. So, uh, But, yeah, it's somewhere in that that two to three, maybe four. Um, it, it becomes, you know, quite busy being on the road and and traveling. I I try to get to every job once a week, at least when uh, things are really moving.
1: Um, I'll edit this out. If this is not, um, public news yet or not, I generally don't know, but, uh, I, I've, I've heard some, some rumors that, um, you may be brought into another local local project here at Chevy Chase club. Is that, is that shareable? Is that accurate?
0: Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. I've, I've been hired by the club to, to look at the golf course. Not sure yet where we're going to land on, on what we're going to do, but it's uh, an amazing club, great tradition, wonderful people. Uh, just the, the membership and the, the folks I've been working with are just outstanding along with all of the senior staff, just a, a lot of fun. And just, I love everything about um, about the club. They they love to play golf. They love to walk, and uh, that's a beautiful combination for me.
1: And that's another uh, golf course that's been touched by a lot of very famous golf course architects throughout the years. Um, do you know yet? Is would that be a, a restoration, a renovation, or is it way, still way too early to know? Yeah, I'm not sure we've totally settled
0: on on a direction um, that, I, that I'm able to share. But I, I do think we certainly have talked a lot about that uh, Allison, Ross and Travis were all part of their foundation. And there's some spectacular articles in the local newspapers about the, especially Ross and Travis visiting at the same time. And then the, the amazing uh, work that Allison did there as well. So I, I think certainly there'll be a hearkening to that.
1: Is is Maryland still your home base?
0: It is. Yeah, my my wife and three kids. We live uh, just south of the PA line, halfway between Baltimore and Philly. But okay. uh, it's been a great place for us to raise our family and, and call home.
1: A common refrain uh, with folks that I talk to in the golf industry, and I'm learning this as I do in more and more podcasts, is um, you don't you don't play much golf when you're in the golf industry. Um, do you still get to yeah. play much golf? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I remember one of my professors
0: said, uh, don't make your hobby your career, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't get to play much. Um, my middle son is, is kind of fallen in love with the game. So he gives me a good excuse to get out on the weekends and play a few holes with him, which is a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm working a lot and, you know, I end up, doing other things when I have any free time, just to kind of create balance, not only with my family, um, but also just making sure that I stay as engaged as possible and as energized and inspired. But, uh, I am looking forward to, I'm going to take a trip over to the West coast of England, uh, later this summer and, and get some research in and recharge and play some golf and get to see some really cool properties.
1: Someone like yourself as as an accomplished golf course architect who's worked on some of the the most famous clubs in in, in the country. Wait, wait, like let's say you're going to play your local muni with your, with your son, you know, can you, can you turn that off or, or are you just, are you the entire time you're looking at, you know, green complexes and what, what could be?
0: Yeah, I'd say I play my best golf by far when I'm unplugged. Yeah. I mean, playing with my son, I can, you know, I, I, I'm usually a few strokes, probably a few strokes over par here, or there, and then I'll play for work, and it's like I can't, I can't even get the ball off the tee. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. But look, golf is such an amazing game. It's, you know, the the shots that I play as a kid and as a young person that I remember hitting. You know, I'll, I'll find myself standing over a golf ball, you know. 25, 30 years later trying to replicate, you know, some shot I'd played years and years ago. And it's just such a cool game and there's so many different ways to play it. Um, so I love playing it. I just don't get as much time as I might like.
1: Um, well, listen, I'll, I'll let you go here. Um, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, join the podcast and, to, and talk a bit about congressional and, uh, and your other projects here in the mid Atlantic in the DC area um, hope, hope I, if, if I see you up here on, on, on at congressional over the weekend I'll, I'll say hello but uh, good luck the, 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 the course looks fantastic uh, and uh, myself and the rest of the golf community here in, in D.C. is excited to watch these ladies play it this weekend Awesome
0: So uh, thank you so much for having me and uh, let me know if I can ever do anything to help you I appreciate it, best luck, thank you Andrew I don't have a good golf game but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I want stuff I can't hear elsewhere, but I want it to be about D.C.
1: golf.